From Hwasun Village on Jeju Island, this is The Korea File, a weekly podcast about music, culture, and society from all around the peninsula. I'm Andre Goulet. On this episode, TBS EFM reporter Chance Dorland. My dear old mother's pants are hanging low. Got our orders to Korea, we must go. Though mothers don't be sad. They've done made us mad. Career, 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 here we come. We hoped and prayed this day would never come. But for freedom, we would never, never run. We'll fight till we die. That's the American pride. Career, 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 here we come. Like there are a few merits to preparing, but I still like just I would I, I would rather know nothing than 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 know more than just a few facts. Okay. Because I think the whole idea of an interview is that you're interviewing someone, and the person who's listening to the interview doesn't know what's going to be said, right? Or they wouldn't listen to it. So does it make sense for someone to not know what's going on to ask the questions as opposed to someone who does know? That's so wh- the way I always look at it. So what's your uh, what's what do you do to prep? Uh, so for prep, I make sure I know basic things because I want to know what questions I can ask, um, but I don't want to know the answers, and that's very different than pretty much anything I do now. Right. So at least at the radio station. So, yeah. what you do now? You're TBS. So at TBS, I what, also do. And what is T- what is TBS? TBS is an English radio station. It's the number one foreign English station in Korea. <laughs> no, number one foreign language station in Korea because there's KBS <coughs> and there's EBS, which both have English, but uh, apparently we're better. Um, and <coughs> I also do stuff for Groove Magazine, the Groovecast, and I do my live podcast show, Chance and Andrew Korea, and that's about it. Chance Dorland, <coughs> broadcaster, podcaster, musician. <coughs> for, yeah, I started former, a new band, for, new band no, no name, but we're in the process. Yeah, yeah. Former member of the Peace Corps. So tell me yeah. about your work with uh, TBS. So, <clears throat> excuse me. At TBS EFM, uh, I work for Primetime with Henry Shin, where um, I uh, am a mixture between a segment host and a writer. And that basically means that I host a, a Man on the Street segment every day where I go out and I have to interview people. And I ask them tons of different questions, everything from like, oh, did you hear about this horrible story? What do you think about it? To like, oh, here's this like real fun story. What do you think about K-pop? It just, it's every day. It's completely different. Um, And then I also book guests and I write scripts. And since I'm a native English speaker, I look over some scripts that other people that uh, are not native English speakers have written to try to make sure it's a little bit more correct or a little bit more fluid for radio, you know. Um, And that's basically what I do. That's my, you know, my nine to five, if you will. And um, it takes up a lot of my time. So what kind of topical stories do you cover? So we are called news and analysis. So we're not breaking news. Um, If something happens, we'll be like, oh, hey, this happened just right now. And this is what's going on. And we'll mention it. But we'll move on with the show. Because the show is pre-planned interviews, pre-planned segments. and And we're heavy on analysis. So something will happen a couple days before. And we'll have an expert. Um, something will uh, be going to happen next month, or I'm sorry, next week. And we'll be like, this is what you can expect. These are the repercussions of this event or this piece of news. Um, and that sort of moves into commentary, but um, 
at my particular station and at my show, we don't really do a lot of... Um, it's not the place for commentators to really find a home. It's mostly this is what it is, and we can ask an expert, and they can provide their comments, but the hosts and the people who work at the station are more or less the medium for other people to make those comments, and we ourselves often do not become the commentators ourselves. Give me some examples of stories you covered this week or the last couple of weeks. Okay, so for instance, on Monday I talked about a new uh, study survey came out that said people trust strangers that they meet on the street in Korea more than politicians and businesses. Um, all three of those groups are very low on the trust spectrum, the highest being family members and friends. But this was a, a test or a survey they did amongst like 2,100 college students in Korea across the entire country. And dead last was business and politicians. And third from the bottom was someone you didn't even know. <laughs> and so that was interesting. But that's kind of like a fluffy piece. You know, it doesn't have a lot of consequences. It's just interesting. Um, some other things that I've done, um, particularly the next day, we talked about the South Korean teen who, according to basically everyone who's talking about it, has joined ISIS. He went to, tur uh, to Turkey, told his mom, this is a trip that I'm going to take in exchange for trying harder in school, and he disappeared. And at first they were like, where did he go? And then the more investigating they did, they said, okay, he was looking to join ISIS, and it looks like he's probably in Syria right now. I don't know if that means he's fighting for ISIS, but he's probably with ISIS at this point. Um, and once again, that's all speculation, but speculation based on a lot of facts. And so I asked people, like, what do you think about that? Korea is obviously very far from where all this is going on, but obviously ISIS has the Internet to try to attract people. Um, what do you think about this? Do you think more Koreans would be interested in doing something like this? And then the Korean government has now come out and said that they're blocking certain things on Twitter, certain websites that have to do with ISIS and trying to recruit people, just in general, not targeting Korea. Um, and I asked people, what do you think about that? Um, some people said, you know, ISIS is never going to affect Korea. This is just one guy. Um, one Korean woman I spoke with particularly thought that more Koreans might want to join ISIS because this boy, this 18-year-old male who joins ISIS, um, he said he did it because he hated feminism. And he basically was tweeting about how, I guess, men are discriminated against here in Korea, and he hates the feminist movement that's going on. And so she said other teenagers feel the same way. And if this is what that boy did, maybe they would also want to join ISIS. And that was just obviously her idea. So I presented those facts. And, you know, it was kind of like, these are what people said. What do you think? And I didn't particularly make my own contribution. I was a reporter there. Yeah, TBS EFM, from what I know, is actually the only English radio station you can listen to on the actual radio in Korea that's not educationally oriented. There's the... Um, there's the educational broadcast system, EBS. They do a lot of the similar things that we do, but they have, like, a Korean that's on the show, and they'll be like, oh, this is what we're working on today. The, or they'll explain something that they said in English and Korean because people are trying to learn English that way. People definitely listen to our radio station trying to learn English. That so, happens all the time, but it's not our goal. We do not actively teach them English. If they learn English, that's great, but it's not the reason we exist. So who's the target audience? That, that's an interesting question. Um, we say that we're the number one foreign language station in Korea, but what does that mean? Does that mean foreigners are listening? Does that mean Koreans are listening? Does that mean something else? Um, I haven't received a great answer, um, and I think that that is perhaps something they could improve on to try to figure out what the target audience is, but also, 
you don't want to exclude anyone. You don't want to make a radio station that's just for Koreans, and you don't want to make a radio station that's just for foreigners. Because obviously, even if it was the most popular media entity for foreigners, that's a very limited group in Korea. And so you want to attract Koreans. But obviously, Koreans are not native English speakers. So it's a, it's a, it's a rope y o u got to walk. And I haven't heard a complete destination as to where that rope would end. It's sort of in both camps, yeah. Best part of the job, uh, four months in, what have you really enjoyed about working there? Um, the thing that I've enjoyed is that I have learned so much about Korea, and I'm a huge fan of Korea. I'm a big proponent of Korea. I don't apologize for Korea because there are some things here that definitely could use improvement. But there's so much here to offer, and I feel like a lot of foreigners that live here don't either admit that, or they don't know that, or they just are so jaded they don't care. And I hate that. I think the foreigners living in Korea have a pretty nice hand that's dealt to them.、Um, you know, teaching English for the most part, something that most of us didn't study, but we're just native English speakers. So I have a journalism background. I went to school for radio, television, broadcasting, and so working here in Korea. Doing my trade, if you will, as opposed to teaching English like most people or being in the military like the other big group. I've learned so much about Korea. You're the big group of foreigners here, yeah. Yeah. I've learned so much about Korea and I've learned what Koreans think.、Um, I have to do all my interviews for the most part in English. Excuse you. What the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boo is so. Thank you. Good time. Good time. Good time. Good time. Good time. Uh, what was I saying here? So I've, I've, learned, I've learned so much about Korea.、Um, and I've learned what Koreans think.、Um, most of my interviews are going to be in English because obviously I work for an English radio station. But sometimes I do interview a Korean、um, that doesn't speak English and then we get it、uh, dubbed in English afterwards. And so either through that experience or just my day to day of interviewing foreigners and Koreans in English, I learn what they think. And foreigners. Like from the United States, like myself, or from Canada, or from any other English speaking country, because that's the majority of foreigners here. They have very similar、um, thoughts compared to Koreans, but then again, they're also very different. And it's interesting to note those differences. And I just really love、um, I don't know how I would put this, but I really think that your average Korean is just a solid guy or a solid girl. I don't think they would steal from you. If you dropped a wallet, they'd probably give it back to you. And I see that reflected in the interviews that I perform and、uh, the answers that they give me. And it just has made me even more of a fan of Korea. And it's taught me about the place that I love. And why would you not want to learn about the place that you love, right? So it's, it's sort of like this is just a great way for me to get to know Korea even more. What are some of the challenges that you've found since you began the job? Sure.、Uh, Korean is hard. Um, I've lived in Colombia. I'm like conversational level Spanish. I lived in Germany. At that time, I was around conversational German, but it's been like five or six years. I studied Korean at a university for six months or longer, and I'm not conversationally Korean. I've lived here for a year and a half、uh, on this present stint right now in a row, and I cannot hold a normal conversation in Korean. I can speak and I can order and I can talk to people, but it's, it's very hard.、Um, that's my limitation. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, secondly,、uh, my visa. Unfortunately, Korean media entities、um, are not very prone to、uh, hire people based on merit, but they hire people based on、um, how easy it is to get the paperwork done. And I understand that. I understand that visas are not fun for anyone, it, you know, but 
if you want to have a good television station or a good newspaper or a good radio station and you're working in English, you need to hire native English speakers because those are the people who are going to know the details that are really going to make your product better. That being said, you can still hire a lot of people who aren't native English speakers, but you need to have a good amount of native English speakers. I don't think Korean media entities do that. And the people they do hire who are native English speakers are the people they can hire because of their visa, usually. So people who are married to Koreans. Or uh, gyopo, as the term is. So like Korean-American, Korean-Canadian, Korean-Australian. Um, and once again, that, there's not a problem with that either, but I just see so much of people getting hired to where I think, in my opinion, if everything was equal and visas were not an issue, they would not have those jobs. And I think I see people who are very talented and don't have the opportunity to work in an area where they would really flourish because they just don't have the right visa. And that's just a damn shame. And once again, I'm a huge proponent of Korea. I love Korea, but this is something I think needs to change. You mentioned uh, being in the Peace Corps in Colombia. This is really interesting. So what was your experience like? Peace Corps is horrible. Do not join the Peace Corps. Um, It's probably the worst decision in my life I ever made. I like to say that I was a decent person, and I like to help people, especially if, if I could. If it was no work for me to help someone, like, absolutely. And even if it was a little bit of work, I would definitely help them. After the Peace Corps, I can't say that anymore because I donated my life, two years of my life, without pay to help people, and the Peace Corps literally ruined my life for a very long time after that. Right, some, some bad shit happened to you. They refused <laughs> to give me medical treatment. It's actually been documented I was made sick by a combination of lack of treatment and also being given the wrong medicine, which I was taking, and then I got very sick. The Peace Corps denied everything. I eventually got sent home. I had to pay for a lot of my medical expenses out of pocket because even though they tell you you get medical treatment, it's a lie. You, you know, they, they find cracks in the system. They're like, oh, we're not going to pay for this, and we're not going to pay for that. But, hey, when I signed up for the Peace Corps, you told me you were going to pay for everything. Oh, no, no, but there's this thing, and there's that thing, and you got to wait two months. And um, That being said... Peace Corps does work for a lot of people. Um, I think when I was in the Peace Corps roughly two years ago, there were more than 9,000 active volunteers in the world. I know many of those people have a great experience. Many of those people don't. I lived through my experience. Others aren't so lucky. In fact, I was recently featured, I say recently within the last six months, in a New York Times piece because a Peace Corps volunteer in China died of basically like a respiratory illness, completely fixable. Um, and he just kept saying, hey, I'm getting sicker, getting sicker, and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna get all the details now, but his family is suing the Peace Corps for like 15, 16 million dollars, and I think they'll probably settle out of court or win. Because um, the New York Times did this huge article about how all these things the Peace Corps did uh, incorrectly, negligent, and then after he died, the Peace Corps doctor in China where he was stationed falsified documents to try to show that she did more than she actually did. And so, like I said, you know, you can have a great experience, you can have a bad experience, but it really is Russian roulette. I don't recommend Peace Corps service, but if you're going to serve in the Peace Corps, know that it could ruin your life, and you could be killed, and no one will care. It's not like the Army. You know, if you get killed in the Army or the military, you're a hero. If you get killed in the Peace Corps, they'll release a press release, maybe someone will write about it, but it's not going to, it's not that big of a deal. And Peace Corps is hard work. It's underappreciated work. So really, if you want to serve in the Peace Corps, you have to believe in it, and you have to be willing to sacrifice more than just your time and more than just compensation for two years. 
You're also the host of Chance and Dan Do Korea, one of the premier podcasts in Seoul for the expat community. Tell me a bit about the podcast. Yeah, so Chance and Dan Do Korea is sort of my ode to Korea. I um, I'm, I feel a little frustrated sometimes in um, what I do uh, professionally because, um, you know, you work for a station or you work for a show and you're like, you know, these are the stories we're going to report and these are the deadlines we have and we only have 10 minutes to talk about this subject and 10 minutes to talk about that subject. But I'm a radio guy. I've worked in radio since I was like 18, so that's more than 10 years now. And so I wanted to have a show or whatever it was where I could talk about things that I thought were important, my own personal opinions, um, have some laughs, maybe you know say a few curse words here and there. But generally sharing my experience of how much I love Korea and trying to explain maybe some pieces of news that you might hear, like, oh, that sounds so horrible. And like, yeah, that does sound horrible, but there's a little bit more than what you heard. Or maybe pieces of news that actually sound really great about Korea, but oh, no, no, actually, this is horrible. Like, no one here in Korea likes that. It just gets reported outside of Korea. Hence, Chance and Dan do Korea. How long have you guys been doing it? We've been doing this live podcast for about four months, but this is a um, new um, way to do a podcast that I started four years ago. When I lived here four years ago, um, before I joined the Peace Corps and left Korea, I started a podcast with my friend Dan, Chance Nandu Korea, where I just recorded him over Skype. And then in September of last year, we started doing live shows where we have a band, and we usually have a comedian, and a journalist, or what we call a newsmaker. So someone works in newspapers or television, radio, something like that. And we ask them questions about the jobs, but then we also ask them questions like, you know, uh, Korea is awesome because, finish that sentence, or Korea is the first time I finish that sentence. And the things we do with sometimes with people that are on our shows that are working like in traditional mainstream jobs for foreigners here, like working in uh, a hogwan, a private academy for English, or working at a school. I'm still in Korea because, mm. you know, why haven't you made that jump? A lot of people that live here are kind of just in Korea because it's good for them right now. I want to live in Korea for a very long time because I love the country. And so it's a mixture of that. It's a mixture of people who choose to be here, people who choose to be here because it's good for them, and people who are here maybe because, well, they didn't have a lot of other options. And, yeah, I really enjoy doing it. We were recently in the Korea Times uh, last week for our podcast, and um, we're trying to expand it. We used to only do it once a month in Seoul, but hopefully two weeks from now we're going to do our first non-Seoul show, which will be in Cheonan at uh, Banana Bar there. And it'll be all <coughs> local. So we'll have local, um, someone from business, local person who just published a book, and a local band. And we're trying to like go on the road with it. So maybe once every month or once every two weeks, go to a different small town. Because if you're, if you're an expat in Korea and you live in Seoul, that's great. But if you live in Cheonan, or even Busan has a small expat community compared to Seoul, or some of these other cities, you, there, there's not a lot going on sometimes, you know? And there's a lot of stories that can be told, and we want to tell those stories. Any chance to make it down to Jeju? Well, see, here's the thing. I'm in a very committed relationship right now um, with uh, my, my Korean girlfriend, and she loves Jeju. And I've never been there. And um, I've promised her that at some point I will go to Jeju. So I would love to do that. 2015 might be the year. I need four microphones and a mixing console that I can plug into my recorder, and hmm. I will be there, yeah. Let's talk. Um, where do you see the professional gig going in the next uh, six months? Sure. So um, I love working um, as a radio journalist in Korea. I'm open to doing television, but most of the television stuff in Korea is for foreigners who speak Korean. Um, in fact, if you speak Korean and you're a foreigner here, um, you can probably get on TV pretty easily. Um, I don't, 
and I would love to work on my Korean more so that I could do that. And so I will either continue working in the media or I might take a break. I've been trying to save money so that I can study Korean full-time for maybe six months so that I can either make that next step in my journalism career in Korea to possibly working for non-English entities, like a normal Korean radio station, a normal Korean television station, or get my master's degree in Korean studies. I want to um, kind of become one of those people that I book interviews for. At the radio station where I work, you know, I'm, I'm finding people who can talk about this or talk about that because they have a PhD or because you know, they, they write a blog or because they wrote a book on this, that, or the other. And I want to be that in Korea. I want to be the guy who's lived in Korea a long time, you know, knows about everything that's going on currently in Korea. Maybe a jack of all trades, but an expert in nothing. And so that's that's why I want to do a Korean studies degree, so that you know, if there's something going on in Korea, put me on. I'll talk about it. You know, Chance Dorland, podcaster, broadcaster, musician, former member of the Peace Corps. Thanks for talking with the Korea File. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm so glad you do this. This is um, we need more of this. This is something that people interested in Korea can find out more about, people living in Korea can find out the stuff going on that they might not know of, and um, people that just want to listen to good content can enjoy. So yeah, this is great. My dear old mother's heads are hanging low. That's the Korea file for this week. Hear more from Chance Dorland at soulitup.com and Chance and Dan do Korea on iTunes, Facebook, and Stitcher.com. And hear them online and on air with Chance Encounters on TBS EFM. You can find the Korea file on iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher, and at Spreaker.com. And tune in next week for a conversation and live performance with Daegu math rock trio Mountains. If you like this show, recommend it. From Hwasun Village on Jeju Island, I'm Andre Goulet. We'll fight till we die. That's the American pride. A real